Yes, there's more time to confute, compute. <laughs> more time to compute. Yes. Hi, everybody. Uh, this is Point and Click Radio. My name's Bob Lawton. And my name is Jim Hyde. Yeah, and thanks to our underwriters and everybody that supports community radio in Mendocino County. And I think, aren't we starting a, a flash drive or a quick drive or a, some kind of drive tomorrow, I think? I, I believe we are. I we uh, we just wrapped up our, uh, our quiet drive where um, it was an alternative to having programmers and volunteers gather in the studio to help to, you know, keep everybody safe. That's uh, funny. I didn't hear about that. <laughs> It must have been pretty quiet. It was pretty quiet. It did you uh, did you get did you get to host a, a part of the drive on your uh, Sunday evening jazz show? Yeah, I mentioned it. Yeah, okay. it was basically from our programmer's perspective. We would just mention it a couple of times during oh, the course of a show. Yeah, and uh, and I did indeed do that. And I think tomorrow is the is a quick spring flash fundraiser to help keep your local community radio station. Pumping out the airwaves, the local programming, the national programming, the music, the public affairs, and all the other good stuff that people enjoy on this station. Yes, and um, since for the past more than one year, a lot of people have been isolating at home, staying at home, working from home. We encourage you to keep tuned to KZYX because there's a lot of good stuff, including COVID reports and all those things yeah. that uh, keep you informed locally. And Jim, um, how are you tonight? <laughs> I'm well, Bob. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing good, too. Um, speaking it's of good local... good to see you, at least virtually. Yes, Zoom. virtually. The joys of uh, the Zoom window. Bob's in the KZYX studios, and I'm at home on the coast. And it sounds like you're sitting right next to me, and it looks like you're sitting right next to and me. Uh, exactly. I can do everything except get you, you kicking me under the table when I, when you, I, when I go on too long. Yeah, you, 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 can't pour me a, you can't pour me a fresh cup of tea while you're, <laughs> while you're broadcasting miss, from home. I miss that. Yeah, I do too. Our famous URL Gray tea. Earl, Earl Gray. Gray, that's right. But yeah, we've got um, we've got a usual couple of grab bag items of uh, news to talk about tonight before we um, open yeah, up the phones. Yeah, speaking about local stuff, you had a local item that you wanted to bring people up to yes. date. And we it's... have been uh, we've been talking about the Starlink um, satellite internet system um, a lot on the show lately, and indeed, people worldwide, particularly in rural areas, have been talking about uh, Starlink from SpaceX. It is the constellation of ultimately it will be thousands of small low earth orbiting satellites that will provide very high speed very low latency which is very important um, internet service to almost any any place on the planet it has uh, been a project in the works for about five years now from uh, from ace from spacex and they've entered a beta program just a few months ago, what they call the Better Than Nothing Beta program. Uh, implicit in that is the fact that, yeah, you're going to get service, but it might die every now and then, or it might not be as fast as what it's ultimately going to be. But hey, if you're willing to tread the bleeding edge, we'll be happy to sell you a $500 dish and charge you $100 a month for the privilege of, of being, our, uh, being our, our, our test bed and along the way getting very nice, very fast internet service for most of the time. Yeah, anyway. that's great. I mean, I guess it's kind of like at this phase, uh, you're, you've got a Ferrari and you can go 180 miles an hour, but there's occasional traffic jams 
<laughs> and you get to every now and then the engine falls or out. the engine falls out yeah yeah so what have you found out about starlink at this well, point. for the first time, I actually have had some hands-on experience with it. Um, I set up a system um, here for somebody here on the coast um, at a place in between Albion and Elk, and it gave me some experience in actually setting the thing up, and I've had some experience in just doing speed tests for them and monitoring how reliable it's been and all of that. So I can actually kind of report back what my experience has been, and by and large, it has been really, really positive. It's incredibly easy to set up. It arrives in a big box, so about the size of, I don't even know how would you describe it, of a large dog bed. <laughs> As someone with three oh, dogs, okay. that's the first, first size comparison that I come to. A large dog bed, mine. okay. Um, and inside is the, the, the dish, which is about the size of a large pizza. So there, just like that, I've given up two of my favorite things, dogs and pizza. Dogs and pizzas, yes. <laughs> and it includes a, 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 a metal kind of tripod mount that the dish goes on to. Just like a camera. Kind of like a, 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 tri, a tripod, a camera tripod that has very spread out legs. But that's um, another one of your favorite things. Oh, good, good point. We're, 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 uh, yeah, we're keeping up with this. Okay. I'm, I'm going to break into a, a chorus of my favorite things any minute now. Okay. I'll see if I can put it on in the background. And you, you can you can mount that tripod to a to a roof or a, or a deck or something like that. Uh, the company sells a couple of other types of mounts that will allow you to mount it to a ridge line of a roof, for example, a peaked roof, um, and, and that kind of thing. It and it includes about a hundred feet of very thick Ethernet cable and a little wireless router. That is about the size of uh, a paperback book, which also is kind of one of my. <laughs> you like things. reading paperbacks, yeah. Exactly, hardbacks are too expensive. Yeah. And uh, it is amazingly easy to set up. The dish, if you've ever worked with satellite TV and tried to install a small satellite dish like a Direct TV or a Dish satellite yourself, you know that aiming the dish can be really cumbersome. It's really precise. You've got to be at that cone of, of, of reception right to the satellite. Um, Starlink did an amazing job with that. You just put the dish where you think it's going to get good service. And I'll talk about that in a minute. It has to be free of obstructions like trees and buildings and that sort of thing. Plug, in every, plug everything in and the dish is motorized. It goes and it tilts. And within about 10 minutes, it homes in on the satellites and locks in. So it does all of the aiming itself. Wow. And just like that, you've got fast internet. There is an app that Starlink provides for Apple mobile devices, iPhones, iPads, and also Android devices that you can download from the App Store or the Play Store, respectively that uses the camera in your device that you can that you can use to test whether or not you will have obstructions at the place where you're thinking of locating it. Oh. You wow. point the camera up and it uses AR um, augmented reality. You see the a little faint outline of the the buildings or the trees or the telephone poles or whatever it is that might be right around your house <clears throat> and you move your phone around until you have a clear shot at the sky with none of those obstructions directly in the and what would be the signal path so to, 
can you do that from down on the ground or would people have to climb up on their roof if they were going to do that what do you think you should do it from wherever you think you're ultimately going to connect the dish okay to. Yes. you can really eyeball it pretty well it depends really if you've got a lot of trees right in the immediate vicinity of your house and yeah. you think maybe the location might be kind of finicky then you really want to be kind of really right where it is yeah where you plan to install it i can see that At the yeah. place where i installed it it's in the middle middle of a kind of a big field with not a lot of houses or um, houses or trees around it so <clears throat> the whole obstruction issue is not a issue um for 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 this particular install uh, and indeed from checking in now and then they've had very few outages every now and then maybe once a day there'll be an outage of three minutes or five minutes or so um either because the satellites there just aren't enough satellites in the sky yet to provide that full saturation coverage or maybe the satellite will pass behind one particular tree um, or one particular pole that will obstruct the signal for a minute or so. And then sometimes it just goes down for a few minutes because the folks at Starlink are doing some configuration tweaking of some kind or another. Right. They did say it was beta. What was it? Beta what? Better than nothing beta. Better than nothing beta. Yeah. Yeah. It does sound like better than nothing. And um, does it is is it able to report to you can you get a status like how many satellites uh, are in range of where your signal is and will it automatically jump from one satellite to the other if it detects it does it have all the intelligence to do, do that it will automatically jump from one satellite to another that's the whole idea behind all of the satellites once the whole constellation is built out the dish will be smart enough to go, oh, I need to tilt three degrees because satellite 408B is directly overhead right now. Oh, so um, the tilting happens in real time, not just when you're doing your initial setup, but in real time as it's keeping your connect connectivity up? As it gets more built out, yes. Wow. I'm not sure that that's doing that now yet, but um, but that is ultimately that is the plan for it to be um, smart enough to know, hey, I've got a point in this direction because this is where the satellites are um th the app does not let you see like which satellites are overhead and that kind of thing however a couple okay. of people have come out with websites that have these amazing tracking <laughs> uh, you know you're looking at the globe and you can zoom in and you can see exactly which satellite is overhead it's it's kind of crazy and yeah amazing to see the the size and the scale of the whole project so jim going back over the whole entire history of point and click which is now you know pushing almost three decades really since the the first time we started talking about uh computers and technology over kzyx our, our focus has to a large extent been on helping people get the best possible ways to uh connect to the internet yeah. especially people that remember going back into the uh back into the old days you know <laughs> how wet your phone line was you know if you lived <laughs> way up in brook trails or something like that in the middle of the winter time and yeah. um it sounds like this could be maybe the magic bullet for a lot of people who can see the sky but aren't necessarily right. near anything that could get a signal to them otherwise it's absolutely true you know uh, now that i've kind of had some experience with it I've been following, there, there are beta groups, beta testers groups on Facebook. There's a big active community on the Reddit site. 
where people talk about their experiences and it's amazing to see pictures people will post photos of their dish and invariably it's in a middle of a cow pasture in the middle of Nebraska oh, geez. or it's in you know northern Canada somewhere and it's and people are over the moon to finally have fast internet access where they live with and with low latency with with low latency because that's, that's, the, that's the thing that's the big difference between the likes of exceed and viasat and HughesNet. um this is this is broadband on the kind of order of quality that you could expect to get from um from a terrestrial provider in a yeah. big city yeah i'm seeing speeds of about 300 megabits per second for downloads which is screaming fast yeah Again, again, especially for a rural area, and upload speeds of anywhere from 20 to 50 megabits per second up. Wow! Um, and those vary pretty significantly. And the download speeds vary. Some sometimes it'll be like only, only quote unquote 60 megabits per second for reasons that, you know, only Elon Musk can can, can right. say. And um, I just want to add that uh, upload speeds. Uh, in the past used to be if you were sending big files to somebody but now it's if you're video conferencing because that requires upload yeah that's been a big thing that we've learned in these pandemic times is that people doing zoom meetings people doing distance learning uh people doing telemedicine all of that stuff i've had four or five doctor's appointments in the last year that have been through video conferencing and that all requires upload good upload speeds sure so um so it's really significant, you know, there it's, it's, I always, whenever I talk about it, and I'll say it now, I recommend going with a local provider if you can. If you it's can. It's always good to support a local outfit, um, whether that's MCN or, um, or, or, uh, or Further Reach, or you've got a service. Pacific Net, Ukiah Wireless, Willits yeah. Online, uh, yeah. they're around. If that option doesn't exist for you, you're outside of their service area, then, um, I would keep a very close eye on, on, on Starlink and give it strong consideration. It is not universally available right now. You can't go to Starlink.com, place an order, and have one shipped to you right away. They are kind of doling them out in dribs and drabs as they build out the, the network because they want to see how well does it work in Mendocino, how yeah. well does it work in Ontario, Canada. Is it kind of like a lottery, or, or are they just picking? Uh, no, I think it's more strategic. I'm sure there's okay. a, there's probably a mission control screen somewhere that <laughs> yes. shows a map of the planet and saying, you know, being able to optimize our network would be easier if we had four more sites in central Kansas right now. Right. So they look at their waiting list and they ship four uh, uh, dishes to that that location and gets four pins on their map. Yeah, uh, <laughs> exactly. and that makes sense because then they can fine tune it before they have their uh, customer service lines being overrun with calls from people. You know, get it, get the kinks worked out. That's what beta testing is all about. And they are claiming that ultimately they will be delivering speeds of almost a gigabit per second. Jeez. That's, that's pretty inconceivable. I mean, just it's, to me, the physics of how you can get something this, the size of a shoebox floating in space to do something like that is just, it's amazing. It's, it's incredible. It, they've got ground stations all over the planet. There's, there are a couple in Northern California. People are posting photos of them. It just looks like a, basically kind of like a, a fenced-in parking lot with um, four or five big bubbles of, you know, uh, antennas. 
Oh, and those are the upload um, uh, so, uh, upload sites. Yeah, there. That's what's getting the internet up to the sky. Yeah, and then the sky is beaming it back to you know to to everyone who has the dish. So it's a it's an audacious project. I mean, you talk about like the transcontinental rate railroad and what a crazy uh, ambitious project. Oh, I know that was. This is kind of on the order of that. It is kind of rebuilding the internet in orbit. It's really interesting. This is all Elon Musk, uh, the world's yeah. second richest man. Is that what he is now? Thanks to all of his Bitcoin, I guess, or whatever. He is yet another tech. Well, and Tesla and the Boring Company and SpaceX. And I mean, he is a he's a character. I wouldn't rank. I, I wouldn't be the first he wouldn't be the first person that i would want to invite to a cocktail party <laughs> no, i don't think he drinks cocktails he is an ex he is an eccentric uh yeah i won't go into kind of my personal feelings about yeah him, yeah but he's making a dent i'll say man he is making a dent in the universe he, he is Steve making Jobs a dent i know and it's like you know like i always say it seems like whenever there's a lot of good stuff, if you turn it over on the backside, there's a lot of bad stuff, too. And you just have to kind of try to find what the middle way is because uh, there's so many benefits to having these um, technological capabilities that expand. You know, even just things like in the medical field, tracking... Um, potential uh life-threatening illnesses and stuff like that uh yeah. all the all the ways they can gather data and look at trends and say uh-oh it looks like this particular ingredient might be causing cancer or something like that you know which was took a lot longer to do in the past there's a lot of benefits but then there's a lot of uh a lot of things we have to keep on t uh, top of to make sure that they don't uh you know get too far out of control yeah Privacy, privacy issues, you know. Privacy uh, issues, yeah. Uh, there was one more thing I wanted to follow up with on the on the local uh, aspect of, of connectivity and, and things like that. I guess I'm mostly thinking about people who um, have electrical power or are off the grid with their own. Oh, yeah, um, you can put the dish up to 100 feet away from your house, right? Correct. And yes. Do you have to buy it to have access to that app, or can you just get the app and wander around and? Oh see? no, no. The, the in fact, that's they want you to download the Starlink app first to make sure that you can um, put it where you're planning to get it. And the your your view of the available skyscape, if I can uh, cobble together. <laughs> Your view, uh, your clear view of the sky from wherever you are. Now, is there any particular direction that's that it has to go in? Is it most advantageous uh, northeast, north. north? North. In this in this part of the world, north. Okay, so anybody here in Mendocino County, if you can see a lot of clear sky to the north, no matter how far you are away from civilization or yeah. other sources of line of sight internet, if you have a good clear view of the north you potentially could get the Starlink if you're one of the lucky ones that wins the lottery for now, but possibly eventually it would be oh, available to uh, give they're you They're talking the, about summer, mid to late this year. Oh. Be, uh, you know, kind of basically place your order and we'll ship it to you. Yeah. So it could be delayed, you know, who knows? These things can often be delayed when they run into glitches or whatever, but... Uh, right, but that was my point. If, 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 you, if you're interested in this and if it sounds like it's... 
possibly promising for your situation and you do want to do want to get faster internet um you might have to drive into town to download the app but (laughs) you know uh get the starlink app for your um apple phone or your uh android phone and you can check it out and see if you have access to their signal i think that's great yeah it's really cool it's oh, you had also click. mentioned oh go ahead go ahead no i was going to just do a point and click is what you're listening to but that's what you're listening to that's <laughs> we are the bi-weekly computer show here on kzyx um you had also talked about um before we went on the air the uh the fcc's yes desire for all of us to do speed tests that was the other thing yes the FCC has developed, you know, there are a bunch of different speed test websites and, and apps, including a website and and, uh, and set of apps called Speed Test that people use to test how fast their internet connections are. Well, the FCC has created their own speed test app because they want to get specific details on the kind of speeds that are available in specific places. Um, if you go to the search engine of your choice and just do a search for FCC, as in Federal Communications Commission, FCC, FCC speed test, um, you'll get um, you, your the, the top links will include um, a link to the FCC page that describes what it is. There is a uh, free app for again Apple or Android mobile devices that you can download, run a speed test and the app will transmit your approximate location. They claim that they're doing all the right things about privacy. They don't associate any data with you and all that stuff. It will transmit your location along with the speed results, and that will give them a more precise, the idea is that will give them a much more precise map of the kind of broadband that is available in different parts of the country. Uh, It's a new app. Again, do a search on the search engine of your choice for FCC speed test, and you will get uh, you will get the uh, you'll get a link at the very top uh, hit. And it's interesting. You know, the FCC has, in under previous presidential administrations, attempted to say, "Oh, broadband." Um, uh, the, the broadband drought isn't as bad as some people claim. You know, right, it's millions. much better because... Yeah, millions and, and millions of people have really, really fast internet. Right, so exactly. It's, so it's not a problem. So this is cool, this fact that they want you to do a test. It's almost like a, it's almost like a, a, a bandwidth census where they want to get a really precise map of what, where fast internet really is and really is not. So... Um, so you know, I'm gonna I'll participate, and I encourage uh, uh, our listeners to do it too because I encourage our listeners to do it. I want you to drive to the slowest spot you can find, <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. and send the FCC how much we need really really high speed broadband in this area. R- hose down your modem line. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> plug in your yeah, plug in your modem and dial up to your ISP. Yeah. <laughs> Do they still? I guess they probably are places where they still use modems. MCN still has dial-up service. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. I bet they still have a few holdouts that have no other way to get on. Or no other options. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the other thing. You know, I mean, broadband. Even though it's getting more and more commonplace with even Starlink and 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 other things like that, um, 
it's still not cheap. No. So for a lot of people, um, that is, it, it, pri it, it prices them out of the market, and so they will still use dial-up and then drive to a library or, con uh, or a coffee shop or something like that if they need to do something that's more, <clears throat> you know, bandwidth intensive. Right. And um, if you do have a landline, you're paying about as much per month for that landline now as you would be paying for an ISP internet connection, a basic ISP internet connection. That's, you know, that's a huge, that's a great point. Right. And once you get a fast internet connection, you can, you can hang up on AT&T yes. and get a VoIP, a voice, uh, an internet protocol phone system like UMA. Yeah. And not have to have a, uh, not have to have, have a that $40 a month landline. I know. That's true. Well, um, what else should we talk about? Is there anything else happening this week? Yesterday was kind of a big day in Apple land. I guess so. A bunch of new announcements from Apple. Um, a whole range of new products ranging from $29 to $1,500 or so. Uh, new iMacs. The first time the iMac is based on the M1 Apple Silicon chip. We've talked about that before. This is Apple's own uh, CPU chip, not uh, one based on, uh, built by Intel, as Macs have been for years now. There have been some laptops, Apple laptops, with the M1 chip, and they're, uh, they're, they're showing themselves to be pretty great. Um, very fast, very... Um, conservative power users, battery, phenomenal battery life uh, on these laptops. <clears throat> well, yesterday, Apple introduced a couple of uh, configurations of a new iMac design that um, uses the M1 chip. So this is the first time the M1 or an Apple Silicon chip has made its way into a desktop machine from Apple. And they're available in four or five different colors. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a real throwback to, uh, it really is. what was it, 1999 or 2001, whenever the original iMac, well, it wasn't the original original, that only came in Bondi Blue, the very first right. one. But then, like, the next product cycle, which was maybe six, nine, twelve months later, they came out with the five different colors. Yeah. Tangerine, turquoise. Raspberry. Uh, raspberry. Uh, flower power <laughs> well no that was later but uh, oh, they, was that later yeah the flower power and there was another one what was it was it dalmatian or something i can't remember <laughs> yeah that's they had, right i think you're right they had two pattern ones right flower power and the other one but um they came out with the five colors and they had uh, that iconic ad where they were arranged like uh, the petals of a flower and i remember right. it was those five right. colors and so this is somebody at apple has been wanting the imac to go back to <laughs> the multicolored uh, versions that yeah. they just they just released. Oh, and the um, I finally uh, retrieved the name of the event yesterday. It was Spring something, but I had to go look it up in my email. It's Spring Loaded. That was it. Spring, spring loaded. loaded. That's it. And the icon for the uh, announcement was this uh, thing that looked like an Apple logo, um, sort of turning into a spring. You do you remember that? Do you remember seeing yeah, that? Um, yeah, almost like an almost like an apple that's been peeled. Yes, and <laughs> you know? people looked at that and they said, "Hmm, that's reminiscent of something." And some somebody went back to the original Mac announcement where the Mac said hello, 
Right. And they probably in Photoshop stretched out the spring and it superimposed perfectly over the original Mac. Hello. Uh, I know. Isn't that funny? More spare time than I do. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't do but it. The new That's... IMAX, uh, they have a four, uh, 24 inch screen. Uh, they have the ultra thin. I mean, it's basically they look like cousins to the existing IMAX, but they're very, very thin, light, mo most uh, because mostly because um, the M1 chip is kind of a whole system on a chip. Yeah. So it does not require um, a lot of extra circuitry. The whole circuit board in the computer is pretty small, and. It has just eight gigabytes of memory built in, and it's not expandable, which is kind of one of those things that we old-time computer people kind of a, oh, have a yeah. hard time coming to terms with. It just seems so weird. But these machines use memory in a completely different way. And like the laptops um, that, that, that I talked about that have the M1 chips in them, they also have a fixed eight gigabytes well, of memory in them. Don't they have ones with 16 also? Isn't there a 16 option? I don't think so. Um, Maybe not. I can't believe they wouldn't have made that available in the IMAX, too. I don't know. Um, because it's all the RAM is on the chip. Yes, it's And if true. it's the M1 chip, then I can't imagine that it would be a different... I think the M2 will be the one with 16 gigs of RAM. <laughs> well, it's hard to say because I was, uh, this actually came, I was listening to the Macworld Magazine podcast on the way over, and they were dissecting the the some of the uh, more arcane specifications on the new ipad which we haven't mentioned yet and what they said is that um you can get the new ipad pro that they have uh in configurations i think from 256 uh gigabytes of ram up to two terabytes and for the first time ever they've actually specced what amount of ram these ipads have and uh, you have eight gigabytes of RAM because these new iPads have the M1 chip, um, which is uh, an interesting change that they discussed. Because they said basically what the M1 actually is, is the 12X. It's basically the refreshed, upgraded version of the, the chip that's in the current iPhone, which is a A12, I think. I think that's uh, what okay. it is. Yeah. So yeah. they really could have just called this the A12 or the A12X, except they didn't want to put an A chip in computers. Right. And then yeah. once they put it, the, the, this chip in the iPad Pro, they just said, well, let's just call it the M1. That'll give it some buzz. You know, it's more marketing yeah. buzz than than a, a complete revolution in the uh, chip itself. But it is a revolution to have it running the uh, the Mac line of computers. But um, on the, by the way, you are you are correct. The, uh, the the laptops are available with eight or sixteen gigs. But the sixteen are a build to order option. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, on the iPad. Um, you can get 256, 512 uh, RAM or, or a storage, and then you can get a one terabyte and a two terabyte version. And the one terabyte and two terabyte version have 16 gigabytes of operating RAM in the iPad. So arguably the new iPad Pro, which we should talk about next, since yes. we've already kind of started talking about it, um, might arguably be more powerful than the new iMac. And it's quite more expensive, too. 
That too. That too. Because what they what they noticed, what started them looking into all the uh, all the specifications, you know, getting down into the weeds on the specifications, was they noticed that the one terabyte version was two hundred dollars more than the last iPad Pro 12 inch one terabyte version, and they couldn't figure out why. And then they started looking around, and oh, it's not only got one terabyte of storage; it's got an extra. 8 gigabytes of RAM for a total of 16. So you're paying for the RAM and the storage in, the, in these newer versions, which is interesting. Let's go that back to the iMac for just a minute. Because <laughs> there's some yes. really interesting things. A lot of people are shaking their heads. I've seen a lot of comments about, what, a white bezel? You know, deal breaker. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> because yeah. The, uh, the bezel around the screen on the new iMacs um, is white on all the colored versions. They don't offer a space gray with a black bezel like they do on their, on their mobile devices, which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, I'm looking at the picture of it here on the, on the website. And uh, honestly, when I looked at it, yeah, I guess I didn't, I didn't really, it didn't, it didn't stop me. It didn't catch me as a yeah. the bezel goes all the way to the edge of the computer. It does, yes. As, a, as opposed to being, you know, a um, like a border and then aluminum or something like that around it. Right, right. Um, the iMac also has a chin, which is the lower blank part below the screen, as the previous iMacs have, but it doesn't have the Apple logo on it, which is which is something new. It's just kind of yeah. blank. And what's interesting is the the backs of the and the stands of the computer have a really vibrant version of the color, and then the chin, which is behind glass, has a more pastel version, I guess. So it's really interesting how they came up with this. I think they had some interior decorators that were consulting, and I think they're hoping this shows up in a lot of open offices and on a lot of movie sets and TV shows, sets. you know, because that's, I think, what they're thinking, that people are going to go, oh, we don't want some black, you know, hunk of plastic sitting there. We want an iMac that's purple, you know, or something like that. Well, and it's, it's amazingly thin. It's only 11 millimeters thick. That's less than a half inch. That's crazy. And that is shoehorning into it, you know, the entire computer. What Apple claims to be a greatly improved um, sound system. Yes. Multi-speaker, uh, Dolby, Atmos-capable sound system with a subwoofer. I don't know how you get a subwoofer into something that's 11 millimeters I thick. I don't know, but the speakers in the iPad Pros are just amazing. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't, and, um, it doesn't shake the floor, but it definitely has bass frequencies. Right, right. And uh, and and uh, a new high definition video camera for all those Zoom calls that we're all making these days. Right. And one of the other reasons that the computer is so thin is because the power supply has moved out. And so this has, is well, the first iMac that has a power brick, kind of like your laptop does. Right. It's a little white brick that sits on your floor or behind the computer on a desk or something like that. <clears throat> and being able to get that circuitry out of the iMac and into a brick is one reason why they were able to make the computer so thin. Right. And uh, I also think that they have converted the power connection to a magnetic connection like they used to have yeah. on the laptop. So if somebody trips over the cable, it just pops off the back and doesn't, you know, smash, smash the computer onto the floor. Um, and I think that's great. I think that uh, is going to be a very convenient feature. 
and uh, you even mentioned that the brick has the Ethernet connection. If you're in a in an yeah. office or or somewhere where you have a hardwired uh, wire Ethernet connection, the connection goes into the brick. Now, what I want to know, Jim, is why didn't they also put some kind of a USB connection in the brick so you didn't have to litter your desktop with all kinds of adapters and and uh, dongles and all that kind of stuff. That's a fine question. And I think, you know, I think that I read somewhere. I'm just... A because, you know, the, it's two... It the, does. One of the... the um, really? It has two USB 3 ports on on the brick. On the brick. Oh, great. On the Well, now, wait a minute. I think I'm lying about that. Don't quote me on that. Yeah, I'm not... No, I think the ports are on the back of the computer. I think they're on the sides. I think 11 millimeters is too thin to put uh, ports. No, they're on the. Are they? They're on the back. Yeah. Oh, I'm maybe the, the uh, maybe the Thunderbolt ports are. But I know the headphone is on the side. I think the headphone. Oh, yes, the headphone is on the side. A headphone uh, plug is just too long to go <laughs> into an 11 millimeter deep computer chassis. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, the USB ports, the Thunderbolt ports, and whatnot are on the on the back. Yeah. Well, this is the 24-inch iMac, brand new M1 uh, Apple Silicon-powered um, desktop computer, and I'm guessing this is the replacement for the 21 and a half inch smaller, cheaper iMac. Correct. And uh, they didn't announce a bigger, more expensive, more powerful iMac because I don't think they have that ready yet. I think they're going to have to come up with the m2 chip or the m1x or something like that that has more power and they're probably scratching their heads figuring out how they can make it um, a professional level desktop that has uh, lots of uh, options for customizing adding more ram adding more storage adding more uh, video features and so forth yeah agreed although apparently one, go ahead the the, the 24 starts at twelve hundred dollars twelve ninety nine um, and goes up to sixteen ninety nine, depending on how much memory that you get, anywhere from two hundred and fifty six gigs to five twelve. Um, and oh yeah, they includes a uh, the, the two are higher priced models include a new keyboard that has the fingerprint sensor. Right, the Touch ID, yeah, yeah, just like yeah. your phone, uh, which is interesting. Oh, and the uh, keyboard and trackpad slash mouse also come in matching colors. <laughs> I noticed that. <laughs> on the, I did not uh, notice that. Yeah, I think on the higher price models. I think the twelve ninety nine model only comes in four colors, and if you want the uh, other colors, right. you have to pay for the um, uh, higher price models. Also, I don't think the Ethernet is included in the lower price model. Correct. Correct. So that's um, and you can't buy it yet. They're no. not taking orders until the end of the month, and they're shipping sometime in the middle of uh, May, I believe. Yeah, but I, I, what was the end of the month for ordering? Yeah, I think. I think so. Yeah. 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 Um, you're tuned to KZYX Philo and KZYZ. Well, it's in Ukiah. This is Point and Click Radio over Mendocino County Public Broadcasting with your truly Bob Lawton and my radio partner Jim Hyde, who's zooming in from home. Yeah, um, so let's go on to the iPad Pro. That was the other big thing. Now, I, I had one takeaway. I watched a little bit of the intro yesterday, which Apple is, I think they jumped the shark in this one, to, to use an expression. <laughs> 
And I think when they jumped the shark, it was when they did that little Tom Cruise interlude with... <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Just to make it brief, uh, because they were getting ready to announce this new iPad Pro, they had a little uh, sort of uh, Tom Cruise slash James Bond type spy adventure thing where he uh, he winches down from the skylight, avoiding the laser beams, and winds up stealing an M1 chip out of an iMac... Right. And rushing back to his lab where he puts it into an iPad. And that was, and then he stops and peels off his face mask and, and wig, and it's Tim Cook, not Tom Cruise, or whoever it was supposed to be. Uh, must be nice to have a production budget oh, that God. large. <laughs> well, it's nice to see what people can do with video. I'm, I'm, I'm amazed at some of this. Because if you, if you look at the, all the, I think they've probably had at least two, or if not three, maybe even four events since the beginning of the pandemic, you know, where they had to do these in isolation. And uh, at the end, when you look at the credits, they go through every every single precaution they took to make sure that it was all done in yeah. a safe. Only the presenters were maskless. All the crew kept safe distance. They sanitized everything before and after any, you know, anybody stepped on anything. And right. uh, they were very... Um, thorough about disclosing that uh but these uh events have gotten more and more theatrical <laughs> in, time. in the yeah, way they the present budgets. them yeah yeah anyway talk about the ipad the new ipad pro the big takeaway for me for the ipad pro which uses as bob said the new m1 chip so it's the first time that the m1 chip has made its way into the ipad line and um, this is the the, the high-end uh, iPads, not the iPad Air, the less expensive ones, or the iPad Mini, but the iPad Pro models, which are faster and which have nicer screens and some other goodies that we'll talk about. The big takeaway for me was that the iPad Pro is getting that much closer to being a complete laptop replacement. People, for years now, since the iPad came out, we, get a, we frequently get calls saying, you know, can I get an iPad and have that be my only computer? Do I, you know, is it really a good replacement for a laptop? And <clears throat> originally we were saying, no, you know, the iPad's great. It's wonderful for, you know, at what it does. But there are a lot of limitations as far as storage and the ability to connect things to it and, um, and, and speed and keyboard mouse support and all that stuff bit by bit those limitations have been falling away and this is the first the, the new ipad pros are the first ipads that connect that can connect to a monitor external so like a monitor yes. like a big 27 inch display if you want so factor that in add a keyboard and Apple will be happy to sell you one, or there's a lot of third-party Bluetooth keyboards that also work perfectly with it. Basically gives you a desktop machine with two screens, whatever big monitor you buy, as well as the smaller screen of the iPad itself, with the great advantage of being able to unplug one container, uh, one connector, and then... Go on vacation. <laughs> Go on or take it to bed with you and read. Or you know, watch read, Netflix, read yes. Or, or watch Netflix. Yeah. Um, you, can also, you can also use a mouse now with them or a, track, yes. or a trackpad. Or plug in a hard drive. It's, it's, it's not this closed tablet anymore. It's 
a really powerful tablet unto itself that also can connect to other stuff. Yeah. And that's that's pretty revolutionary in the in the iPad world. And really in the tablet world in general. I guess there are some Android tablets that uh, that have more expansion features than the uh, than the iPad has always had, but right. this is new for the iPad world. Yeah, and then there's the Windows uh, Surface, which I think I think you've been able to plug right. external monitors into those, maybe even since the very beginning. Who knows? But this is uh, interesting because the Apple with the M1 chip, the new chip that's the same as the one they're using in their desktop and laptop Macs, um, apparently has just tremendous video capabilities there you know the graphics are just screaming you know the the new iMac that they just announced has they called it four and a half k because i guess you get a full movie screen plus room for your you know your timeline down at the bottom uh you know at at full revolution resolution which is pretty uh pretty remarkable and then um, on the larger of the two, they have an 11-inch iPad Pro, which I guess they announced, right, the 11-inch. Right. And then 12-inch, uh, they're pretty much similar except for the difference in size, except this time with the 12-inch, they completely revamped the display. And I forget what they call it, something liquid something. Liquid X- Retina XDR. XDR, Right. And it's supposedly the same video display technology that their $5,000 or whatever XDR monitor, a 30-inch monitor, I think, has, um, scaled down to an iPad size. And this, they, they mentioned in the event yesterday that it has now, the iPad now has a million-to-one, um, what is it, brightness? Or no, what's the... What contrast are, ratio. Contrast ratio, yeah. It's an amazing display. It's yeah. incredible. Incredible, uh, you know the and they do this by having a a backlight plane in the display that has ten thousand LEDs, and that just broke blew, blew my mind. It's <laughs> crazy. I mean, I crazy. at what point in building these things do they install ten thousand LEDs to light the uh, the background uh, of uh, of the display? Well, of course, I imagine they have robots or some special machines doing it, but still, it's mind boggling. Yeah, truly. And I guess with the 10,000 LEDs, they can individually control ranges of the amount of light coming out. So it's not just a glowing background that changes the uh, the video display. They can lighten and darken areas according to what's being displayed on the screen. And that's what gives it the, the much higher contrast ratio. Yeah. Which yeah. is, to me, just amazing technology. I really want to see one of those up close and see how it works. The new, um, the, 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 the larger of the two iPad Pros also has uh, greatly improved cameras. You know, the iPads have had cameras almost since the, the original. The original iPad did not, but then the second generation one did. Right. Um, but they've always been kind of like, yeah, it's got a camera, but, you know, it's not as good as the camera that you can get on a, on a, on a, on a, contemporary iphone oh, for example right the iphone always had far superior uh, cameras the new one though um is greatly improved uh it's got the uh it's got a 12 megapixel what they call an ultra wide camera which has these features that will if you're doing a uh, a zoom call or something it will follow you around it will pan around as you walk around a room for example 
Right. By having an ultra-wide camera, they can uh, crop it down to where the subject is, and then if somebody else comes in and starts talking, it detects that. It recognizes another person, and it just zooms back automatically, which I think is brilliant. Now, apparently, Apple didn't invent this. There's been other, other other platforms that have had this feature, but, of course, they had to give it a clever name. They call it Center Stage. Center Stage, because they put you at Center Stage. <laughs> yes, and uh, it, it's great that it has that now. What I want to know is why didn't they do that on the iMac? You know, because Good people point. people use those for... Um, for zoom calls or, or video conferences too so who knows why they didn't do that yeah the new ipads uh, start at about eight hundred dollars and go for the for the 11 inch one um for the 12.9 inch which let's call it a 13 inch display and that one's big I mean, when you hold one of those in your hand or something it's it's almost like a holding a large magazine in your hand and yeah if you're a if you're a big reader uh, uh, newspapers look amazing on a screen that size. Sure. Um, <clears throat> that one starts at uh, $1,099, so $1,100. Right, and that's and, a little more than the previous model, but that's because of that snazzy screen that they added. And the pricing can go way up from there depending on how much storage you can get. You can end up spending $2,100 if you get a one with two terabytes of storage in it, which is kind of a crazy amount of storage for a tablet, especially one that you can now attach a hard drive to and there's a cellular option that even has 5g radio support for the 17 people in the, in the country who actually can get fast 5g service 5g well yeah that's just keeping up with the technology but it, yeah, it could yeah. be handy uh so but it's you know to me like i said the most revolutionary thing about it is the fact that it is for the first time an ipad that can connect to a monitor or to hard drives and things like that. So making the iPad just much, much more of a viable alternative to a laptop. Right. Hey, um, one person's been trying to call in. They're probably real excited oh. about the Apple uh, oh, Apple no news. Um, they're not calling now, but they'll probably try. And, and we have a few minutes left. I thought we should get a couple of calls in. Big time. Let's see. What else? They announced AirTags. Uh, which are little devices that help you find your lost keys, dogs, cats, or backpacks, or whatever. <laughs> whatever you attach the tag to. Right. Small thing about the size of a quarter yeah. that you can then put on things. You can hang it on a suitcase or stick it on your key ring. And there have been these out in the market already, and one of the manufacturers, I guess their company name is Tile, they're right. suing Apple because they're very upset that Apple is going to be competing with them. And so we're going to keep up with this uh this item in uh, following shows as we uh as, yeah, we'll as it follow up on that next time it's an interesting yeah piece of apple developing a its own version of something that has already been out there and what the company is claiming is that um, apple has kind of taken some uh stacked the deck in its own favor they have uh let's go to the phones hi caller you're on the air okay a stupid stupid question nope only, only. Okay. No, no, no. There's no stupid questions here. You call Trust the right me people. This one is, Trust me, this one is. I'm not ready for the iMac yet or anything. That's fine. Okay. So say, say you just set up a, a Gmail account. Okay. I've never done it before, an email account. And you got out of it before you remember that you're supposed to do a password. If And you don't know how to get back into it. If you never use it again, is that okay? Wait, the account actually exists now? Well, I, I think so. Can you create a Gmail account without putting a password in? No. 
on a no. Chromebook? If you just bailed out even after you put in an email address and didn't put in the password, it won't create the account as far as no. I know. Okay. I'm the first one with the Chromebook, and the book just came for dummies, and I haven't gotten to that point yet. But I tried. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't don't go around creating. Email last week. Don't, don't so go I just around to make sure nothing terrible was going to happen that it really didn't exist. No, but you could check your email and see if you got a confirmation from them. And to, I, I should mention to anybody listening, huh. um, you know, you don't, you no longer need to have a Gmail email address to have an account with Google. You can use any email address now and create a Google user account. So this is like this. If you use Google Maps, it'll remember uh, your favorite locations, et cetera. But you don't have to have a Gmail account. Oh. Okay. And if I set up with the Google when I got the Chromebook, I was so thrilled that I could connect it to the Jetpack. Um, and I didn't know that I wasn't supposed to put my real name in for a username. Hmm. Is something terrible going to happen on my uh, birthday? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> what is the jetpack? security. What is the, what is the jetpack? I haven't heard of that one. Oh, it's uh, you know the hotspot from Verizon. Oh yeah, the uh, hotspot. You know. Uh, oh like a, yeah, uh, but it's LTE the, in the Chromebook. Hotspot. I put in you know to use the Chromebook. Yeah, I put in that, to get using into a the Google account to get on the internet. Yeah, right, right, right. I don't think there's a so problem. I use my real name with the google and my real birthday which is probably stupid no um first no. of all google requires your birthday because they don't allow people under 18 to do it without their parents permission uh when i signed up for google account i had to put in my birthday you can make up any birthday you want as long as it you know makes you over 18 it's it's they're not going to con confirm it with the fbi or anything like that no no but am i, am I screwed now that's out there on the internet my name and Birthday. No, no. Oh, your your name and internet is already out there yeah. on the internet somewhere. <laughs> I mean, the last time you bought a pair of shoes, your your name went out onto the internet. Exactly. Because well, I never bought anything. I've never bought anything online or done anything like that, so I didn't know. Read your book uh, and and don't okay. just go around just signing. Tell me I'm safe. You're safe. Yeah, it's not gonna. You know, my name's my real name's out there. You know, you can absolutely. Find, you just you want to be really careful about. Um, showing uh your presence when you sign up for confidential things like uh bank accounts or medical accounts where you can check your your medical reports and tests and status online um okay one last question is there any way to take it back now that i did that because i can't figure it out the google account i don't think it exists you should check. No, I mean to take the email is two different things. The Google account exists because when I turn on the Chromebook, it now says hello to me and my name. Oh well, it probably just registered it with the Chromebook. But um, you have to, if you're going to do something like that, you have to, like, if you get an Apple product and you get an Apple ID, you really need to put your real name in it because um, they want, you know, if you buy something uh, from from the Apple store, they want to be able to mail it to you, and the only way you get it is if it's addressed to you at your address, you know. So people use their real name on the Internet all the time. Yeah. Okay, I just worry about hacks, because I listen to you guys for as long as you've been on practically, but I've never had a computer, and I'm just scared that all that happens wow. is bad things. <laughs> it's taken 25 years to get your computer? <laughs> Yeah, because last time I did it was you know computers for social work and there was floppy disks. Oh yeah, and uh, no and yeah, no yeah. internet. Okay, okay, no, I okay, understand. You've been around computer. So. You've been around computers. It's just the this is the first time you've gotten your own personal computer. Yeah, and, or been online. Okay, 
Yeah, no. just don't okay. be be uh, you know be judicious about oh, no, I, who you right share. Right after that, I just flipped out because I you know never give out information. I thought, well, I just gave it to them, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're good. Okay, hey, great guys. I'll let you get back to this apple, which it sounds beautiful. And uh, someday I will get you know a purple one. <laughs> I'd say go for purple, and you know what they just released? That was the other thing. They announced a purple iPhone 12. In a purple available. phone. Yeah, purple phone. How about that? And my brother who works for Zoom uh, down in the Valley had said, uh, you know, you should go with Apple, but you need to get something first. I mean, you should get something first to make sure your connection is even a thing. There you go. That was smart. Yeah, a Chromebook is a great way to start out. Because he's totally down on the security in Apple. That's so much better than anything else. There you go. We got a sprint. Thanks for the call. Bye-bye. Good luck. Has it been an hour already? Yes, it's been an hour already, believe it or not. Um, Up next is Radiogram with Jamie Roberts. Jamie is here in the studio, and we're going to be signing off right now. So Jamie can hop into the driver's seat here. Thanks a lot, Jim. See you next time, everybody. Yeah, we'll continue the. We'll talk about all the Apple products because there's still a lot more to talk about on these uh, yes. on these changes. I, I'm impressed. I'm. I, I think they've really got their direction back as far as coming up with the products that solve problems, uh, cost about the same as the previous generation, and have a whole yeah. lot more features. Yeah, I want the I want the 27 inch iMac. Yeah, in an, M, in an M1 or M2 or M. Right, except the new one will be a 42 inch. I think. Okay, <laughs> and you can you can uh, use it as a TV too. <laughs> when yeah, it works for me. Yeah. Good night. Good night, everybody. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can go to kzyx.org to find more shows and content like this one. While there, you can stream us live or check out our jukebox. And if you like what you hear, consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. We are Mendocino County Public Broadcasting, listener-supported community radio. KZYX, Philo, 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Woolets and Ukiah, 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. Thanks for listening.